Hey everybody, this is Sean Whalen, and you are listening to the Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today, he's an actor, writer, producer, also a podcaster, and you've seen him in a lot of movies. I think he's probably most recognized as Roach from People Under the Stairs. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Whalen. Sean, what's going on, man? Hello. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Oh, how you doing, man? Like, you know... I'm the- good, man. I'm good. <laughs> I, uh, I just set up a new little patio in, outside of my apartment that my girlfriend got. We got some plants, we got some lights, we got a little table and chairs, and I was out there enjoying some morning coffee. It was awesome. Oh, so um, are you a handyman yourself? Like, you know how to fix things and, like, put concrete on the floor and whatnot, or... Or you have other people uh, that do that. <laughs> I, 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 I play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I uh, figured out the way to, like, you know, put up the outdoor lights and to get those huge plants from Home Depot into the backseat of my car, if that counts. <laughs> it's like if, if a handyman's, like, level 10, I think I'm a level 2. oh man um (laughs) that's funny um well um you have a long extensive career you've been in a lot of things you've or you're doing many things and um i'm sure you told the story plenty of times but um for my listeners out there just um how did you get involved in the entertainment field well i uh Oddly enough, last two weeks ago, on April 13th, I celebrated 30 years of having my SAG card. Wow, so, congrats. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I was very proud of that. Just kind of a nod to what you were saying about a long career. Um, but I got into it in the normal way, kind of locally as a kid, doing shows in my elementary school, doing shows, uh, some you know, movie projects and writing some fun things in junior high and then just really hitting it hard in high school, doing musicals, directing, chorus, singing, like all types of performing in high school. And uh, then I went to UCLA in the theater department, was in there for six months, didn't really, the department and I did not click, so I dropped out of that, went to UCLA, uh, the regular program, for, got a degree in sociology and business, and then after UCLA, I went and started taking classes at the world-famous Groundlings, you know, Will Ferrell, Kristen Wiig, so many people, Melissa McCarthy, Wee Herman, Elvira, like so many people came out of there, went there for sketch comedy and improv, and got my agents there and started doing a lot of commercials at first, and then got a couple guest stars and then in 91 i got people under the stairs wow so, so people on this on uh, people on the stairs was actually your first four-way into feature film my first feature film was people under the stairs yeah wow wow it's yeah. crazy it's crazy just to um talk on that out of everything you've ever done this film is gonna haunt you or bless you or <laughs> however you say it for the rest of your life because uh, i'm well, sure you know, let me inter- <laughs> yeah. but 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 to the to your point, in the horror community, yes, yeah. in the horror community, there's what's what's funny is when you ha- when you're a character actor, 
you are blessed with the um, idea or the, the you're blessed with the career that is very varied. So yeah. I have, you know, horror fans for sure. Then I have, uh, you know, big budget adventure people who love me and Twister. Yeah. I have young women who, or women, gosh, young women, <laughs> 20 to 50 who love me from Never Been Kissed. Yeah. You know, geeky, uh, nerd kind of band guys love me from that thing you do. Like, I, it's kind of funny. It depends on who you talk to, you know, because yeah. you have so many, because, you know, when you're a character actor, you're so lucky you get to do it all. Yeah. So with, uh, with that in mind, uh, yes, it does. Ha- I mean, it's haunts me in uh, conventions and, and in the African-American community because it has, you know, the lead was Brandon Adams, a young yeah. African-American boy. Even Jordan Peele said that he was an inspiration for Get Out, was people under the stairs. So so in terms of, like, horror fans in the African-American community, yes, like, people know me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> pull me aside, Roach! But, like you said, other people will pull me aside for Never Been Kissed and other things like that. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really something that fans love. But, man... When people love that movie, they love that movie. Man. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's the thing with like certain movies like that because there's no conventions for like Never Been Kissed or you know those other yes. movies. Like, right. you know, yeah. it's it's just it just boggles my mind that you know what I'm saying like there's so yeah. much you have so much accolades and so much you know resume in your job, but you know I, I guess that's like for every actor. Like Robert England will always be Freddy Krueger no matter what he does. Right. Like you know, right. and and and, right. and you know. Kane Hodder, you know, he's done work, but not a lot of, you know, not a lot of work, like recognizable work, but people will always know him as the man that played Jason. Yeah. So it's just. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's your thing that you. Yeah. Uh, your calling you card. Other jobs. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, you know, I'm friends with Bill Mosley and Sid and those guys, and they do tons of different things. Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp. Like, yeah. you know, they, she, they do tons of different things, but they most people go back to, you know, what they originally know us from. You know, you can be very lucky, like Bill, and have a couple. You know what I mean? A few yeah. things. People know him from a few, but even those, he's just like two or three. You know what I mean? Texas yeah. Chainsaw and, uh, you know, uh, Devil's Rejects. So. Yeah. But... You know, it, it gets us in, and, you know, I'm coming out in Rob Zombie's new movie, and I'm excited, so hopefully that will, you know, with those two things, you know, keep boosting your cred in the horror community, because they're an awesome, awesome community. They're very supportive and, and very friendly and love to have fun, and, you know, it's, it's something I kind of came into later in my career when Facebook started and I started to get a tons and tons of requests um, on Facebook. And I, a friend of mine said, dude, those are your fans. I go, what are you talking about? I don't have any fans. <laughs> and he's like, yes, you do. Just click them. And so I just accepted all of them. And first things were like, hey, man, is this Roach from People on the Stairs? You got to come to this convention. And, you know, that's how it all started. I had no idea. I was like, this is nuts. No one cares about 
me, but <laughs> I was I was wrong. It was very cool. Yeah, you know it, it's amazing though, and plus you know you also done soap operas too, which like I you know oh, yeah. I, I'm a huge Days of Our Lives fan. I was like, oh my god, I didn't, oh, yeah? I didn't even yeah I didn't even realize you did that. I was like, holy crap, you know, looking at your resume, yeah. I'm like wow, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, they're they're a blast. Well, I'm. Um, what 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 year was that? What I'm sorry. What year was that? When you oh, that? I, that's a good question. <laughs> like I've been in because I did Bold and the Beautiful. Yeah. For two, like I did one chunk and then five years later did another chunk. Um, gosh, and I the days of our lives were just a couple. I I mean I don't even remember. Probably the early two thousands. I would think. Oh okay. Um, when you're on set for let's say movies, television shows, soap operas, commercials. Are 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 they are are each one of them different or it's pretty much like the same oh, yeah. type of thing? Yeah? Well, it depends on what you're doing. So it's almost as if you're a dancer and you say, "Hey, I'm going to go dance," right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you're going to do hip hop, you're going to do jazz, you're going to do tap, you're going to do ballet. You don't know, you know. So it's all dancing, and it's just like saying it's all acting. So some are Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, three camera shows where it's very broad you know very big and silly then you go to an independent movie where i'm playing a serial killer and it's completely subtle and i'm motionless and there's a close-up on me the whole time uh, as i talk quietly um there's then you go and do a comedy that is a filmed comedy but you can be a little big but not too big and you know i mean there's so many different types and then you go do an independent movie where you know there's no dressing rooms and you're sitting on a folding chair outside of a house all day you know so it's all varied you never know um uh what you're gonna get in the experience i mean coming up until you book like okay i'm doing a feature movie like last year i did uh seth did rob zombies movie which Mm -hmm. is obviously independent and then i did a magnum pi which is a TV show in Hawaii, which is completely different. And then I did a feature film with Seth Rogen at the end of the year. So, and that's completely different. So, you know, one, I'm playing a bad guy to a goofy scientist to a guy who's probably not going to live very long in the Robs. Who not many people get out of there alive. Yeah. (laughs) But, but my point being, uh, so many, you know, completely different experiences and completely different sets. So yeah, it's it's rarely the same. There are some tenants that are always the same, where you have a PA, you go to makeup, you go to hair, or whatever. But in terms of the tone and everything like that, it's all very different. Yeah. Um. Early on, when you were starting, and you know, um, at that time, when did you realize this will be your bread and butter acting? When did you realize that? Um. When I started it, uh, you know, I got a restaurant job, started taking classes at the Groundlings. Yeah. It just, that went really fairly well. I was in their company, their performing company, where, you know, let's say 100 people start, mm-hmm. 15 get to the performing company. I was in the Sunday performing company. And then out of those, like, five get to the main company. I didn't stick around long enough to do the main company. But I was in the Sunday performing company after two years managers and agents came to see me there i just had my same commercial agent forever Mm -hmm. uh since then for 30 years and i've had and i got an agent and 
the first thing that happened was, like I said, a lot of comedy commercials. Like that was my first way in Mm -hmm. um, doing a bunch of wacky commercials. And that was making decent money so I could start cutting down on um, cutting down on like waiting shifts. And then when I started booking theatrical stuff, as soon as I got people on the stairs, I quit quit my waiting job. And I thought, okay, this is going to happen. So as I started doing commercials, I thought, okay, I think I can make a living at this. It's going to happen, I think. And then when I started the theatrical, in addition to the commercial, I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Two years later, I did the milk commercial, and I never worked in commercials again. (laughs) And And if I would have continued to work in commercials... Uh, it would have been great, you know, but 15 years after that, uh, had my first kid, 9-11 happened, changed the entertainment industry, and I had to go get a side gig for like seven years, selling blenders in a Costco and those road shows while I was still acting, still auditioning, but I had to do a side gig, you know, and then I didn't, but I was talking to Alan Ruck from, uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and he was in Twister with me, and he was saying after he did Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he came to California, didn't work out quickly, so he had to work in a factory after Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Then he did some TV for a few years, and then he was a bartender. And then he, you know, it's the the long game. Yeah, it's it's similar to like the Jeffrey Owens story, right? Where he was working at Trader Joe's. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So what? You know what I mean? I know. It's, 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 we survived. And I think I took solace in that from my friend Vince Vallega, who is a jazz drummer. Um, And he said, listen, there was a famous jazz drummer that very hot in the 50s, very hot in the 60s, drove a cab for 10 years in the 70s, and then came back in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I went, oh. And he goes, yeah, dude, it's the long game. No one's done, done. You know what I mean? There's people who are doing, you know, that were at the top of their game that are now doing commercials that you would never think. You know, Jennifer Garner, who was alias and and just an amazing actress, is now doing credit card commercials. So there's things that you would think you would never see. But people are just in it for the long game. And you got to do what you got to do and realize it's an up and down. But now... I've gotten into post-production stuff. I'm doing that, and I'm doing um, teaching as well. So I'm still acting, but I love I love teaching. I'm doing a podcast myself called Acting Class Weekly uh, with Sean Whalen on After Buzz TV, which yeah. is really cool. So I mean, it's great. I, I really I really enjoy it, and I keep it varied. And I'm still pushing to get this comedy horror movie that I'm gonna write write. Well, that I wrote, and mm-hmm. um, trying to get that off the ground still as well. So you know, it's all the balls in the air. Yeah, it it, it it's just it's fascinating to me. You're like you're a fascinating guy because you know I'm not just saying that to blow smoke up your butt, but. You know, from doing commercials, from doing acting, you're also a teacher. I seen you. You was um, teaching um, Daria Bernardo, aka Sonia Deville, and I'm sure you yes. have yes, and you have other students in your. You know, I'm sure you're teaching other people as well, and you're on Afterbus TV with Kevin Undergaro and Maria Menudos. There's a lot yes. of things. There's a lot of things going on with you, and it's just fascinating yeah. that you're always keeping busy, man. It's just fascinating. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a dad of a teenage girl getting ready to go to college too. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
and with a family too. Yeah, and with a family, man. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's you have to stay engaged. Yeah, you know, I had a busy couple of weeks and. Just even the last couple of days, you know, things slowed down. A couple of students had to take off. Some of them were college students. They're doing finals. Or, and it was quiet uh, yeah. for me the last couple of days. I thought, oh, maybe this will be good. I'll relax a little bit. Dude, I was so tense. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I hate not being busy. You know, some people would see it as a blessing. But I was like, oh, it's a blessing for a couple hours. But I, could, I love having something to do, something to work on, something to keep me busy. Um, I'm one of those creative minds that if I don't have something, then my creative mind either goes somewhere positive or it starts going negative, you know, and you got to keep your creative mind busy, you yeah. know, so that's I know. what I, I love to do. And um, to, to our, I know you mentioned podcasting. I want to talk a little bit about that. How did you yourself? Sure. How did you yourself get involved in podcasting? Were you approached, or is this something that you... I was? So it's a funny story, and I and I talk about this, and I'm going to do an episode about this on how you know. Obviously, you and I over the years, you kept on me in a professional, simple way that you finally got me on your podcast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's so huge. You never came off as disrespectful or, you know, weird or, you know, invasive. And so I was in a coffee bean and tea leaf. I saw two women in Star Trek uniforms standing by oh, wow. the counter. And I thought, okay, I have to say something. So to my girlfriend, <laughs> I, well, I walked over and I go, so where's the convention? And and they turned around and they said, oh, no, 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 we're not going to a convention. We do a podcast. Uh, it's called The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. And he walks up. Kevin Undergaro walks up and goes, you're famous. I know that face. <laughs> and we start chatting. We, you know, the women and my girlfriend start chatting. Kevin and my girlfriend start chatting. I'm talking with the women. And... Long story short, I tell him I'm doing a play. He loves the idea. We exchange numbers. And I respectfully, like you, just kept saying, hey, you know, for our conversation, you said you would like to come to my play. And then they said, oh, they'd also like you on the show. And I said, you know, Kevin also mentioned that you didn't want to be on the show, don't want to be too pushy, but blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he got me on the show. Um, he said the viewers – loved what the things I was saying and how I was saying them and, uh, you know, about longevity and work and sticking to it. And then he came to my play, loved my play. We kept in touch. And then he exactly, like you said, he, they said that he wants to have a meeting. And I came there and he said, I would love you to do a podcast. And the idea after Buzz TV is like a school almost. They, it's all nonprofit in terms of they keep just feeding everything into the school. And he said, but I want you to do this so you can get more visibility out there and get some, you know, acting workshops going, get more students. I've gotten more students from my podcast already. He hooked me up with Daria Bernardo. Oh, man, that that's just been a blast so far. That has been so great. I mean, I think she's such a cool person. And, and you know, I believe she will be one of the first female wrestlers to break out and have a good acting career. Wow, uh, that's ver <laughs> very high praise coming from you. Wow, that's amazing. Well, she's just a really cool, you know, very driven, very passionate, strong um and and smart about saying okay i want to you know i want to do this which will get me here then when i get here i want to do this and mm -hmm. wanna, you know what i mean yeah and she was telling me her life story and man she 
worked their butt off and yeah. took huge risks. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, to me, that's longevity. Yeah. You know, that's if you show that at the beginning, I I feel like that will take you you know the whole way because sometimes it's not just about your acting skills it's about how you manage your business mm-hmm. and she's phenomenal at it so i uh it's it's been a blast just getting to know her helping her figure some things out and work on acting with her yeah. but she's very cool yeah it's amazing because you're you a know, fan yeah yeah i'm definitely i'm a definitely a big time wwe fan and um yeah. wrestling in general and it's amazing what those athletes, actors, amazing what they do. And it's just crazy yeah. because there's all a the connection. Because I think uh, Maria is a big-time wrestling fan. I think Kevin as well. Yes. You know, right, and that's, they brought yeah. me to her. Yeah. They put me together with her, you know. And it, they helped her the same way. They put her on. Uh, she she was on a podcast too, right? And, yeah. Yeah, and she had a podcast. They put her on there and then. They hooked her up with the, you know, got her, or told her about the interview with the WWE, and, you know, like, mm-hmm. they're very, very cool that way. They're very into helping people and, you know, getting people um, out to achieve their dreams. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I believe, so. I believe um, X-Pac has a podcast as well, right? And they're after Buzz, X-Pac. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Also, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's very cool. It's a very cool place to be and, and, you know, just trying to figure out how to maximize it. So, you know, you pop out through the noise, right? That's the hardest part. Yeah. I know, but the thing about After Buzz is, like, there's a podcast for everything, like a Bachelor after show TV, yes. or there's yes. there's a podcast for everything. I think it's so genius, you know? Oh, yeah. I love it. I, you know, I... I uh was like, oh, I want to be on the Game of Thrones one. My co-host was like, uh, <laughs> she's like, you better know your stuff inside and out. Because those people that do that after my show, they are such experts. Yeah. It's insane. And I went, ooh, that's going to, they'll probably tear me apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as long as you know your stuff and you don't say, oh, that guy with the long hair or that guy with the oh, big yeah, pointy yeah. sword, oh, you're fine. Would, she, you yeah. know. <laughs> You know, hey, you know this like me. Uh, nerds are ruthless. Yes. Ruthless. Yes. <laughs> you better get the, you better get say dilithium crystals for for Star Trek, yeah. and you better say yeah, lightsabers for Star Wars. Stuff. Yeah, you're in trouble. They're gonna they're gonna tear you tear you apart. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I did do an after show for Marvelous Miss Maisel one time. It was awesome. That was oh really wow! Cool. Yeah, that was cool, and I'd like to do. You know, I'm trying to push them to do a Love Island one, which is a British reality dating show, which is a guilty pleasure that my daughters and my girlfriend and I started last summer. Yeah. But, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it would be very cool. But it's fun. Yeah, it's a blast. It's a total blast. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, there's a show for everything. Even, like, you know, there's not every podcast I listen to because I don't watch those shows, but somebody somebody will definitely listen to those if they're a fan of it or they're curious about it. They definitely will hear it, you know? Yeah, you know, but Absolutely. yeah, and in other realms besides podcasting, acting, and teaching, is um with the knowledge you have of having like done a lot of work, is it hard to um meld that into like mold it in, in teaching someone because you know doing it and teaching is two different things. Like, how are you as a teacher? Uh, I mean, I've gotten very good. I'm, I'm on this website called Thumbtack, mm-hmm. which um, is a website to hire teachers for Skype coaching. And I have already 
busted into their top pros because of the way I handle my business and the reviews I've got. So, wow. Uh, that's going well. And if there's, I, I think I get it. So I don't want to discourage anybody or belittle anybody. And I just wanted to make a fun, safe environment. And I just realized I know a lot more than I thought I knew just from the 30 years, you know, of experience of working in this industry. So I, I, I think I'm pretty good. I mean, my students tell me that there's, there's times that they, you know, I think my only downside is for me that I have to work on is I kind of care too much. I don't want to deal with a flaky actor. I want them to follow through and make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes they're a little flaky and they don't get it. And you kind of go, oh my God, I wish I could help you. And, you know, and then I'll try too hard and they think it's too much. And then, you know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. the only thing that's happened to me maybe a couple of times, but for the most part, people just know that I, I care enough and I like to make a fun, safe learning environment where they can grow and be their best yeah. and i've like i said i've gotten very good response from people mm. so uh i i must be doing something right yeah. you know yeah sean um what's been what's been your biggest regret in life have you ever had a, any regrets or you had to... uh i mean not that i uh i mean it's so funny like things unfold as they're supposed to yeah um and a lot of my regrets don't have anything to do with me i regret that certain things didn't pan out the way they were supposed to but that was out of my hands i mean i've behaved poorly in a certain way i was saying this on my podcast recently where i got a similar question i there was a time that fred savage was a young upcoming guy he was a fan of my milk commercial he and i became friends he was directing a show of my he did his first directing job as my one-man show and then he had to not come to a couple shows and i reacted so poorly that i kind of screwed up our friendship and uh and i just look back and go god you were such an idiot to this guy and i ran into him a couple times doing some jobs but he was always so busy to talk but i you know I just regret how I behaved towards him, you know, mm, okay. uh, and was not appreciative as I should have been. I think it was just I was so nervous being in a one-man show that I wanted to support all the time. But he was completely cool and reasonable, and I was completely uncool and unreasonable. <laughs> so it's funny. Like, when I think about that, that's one of my only real regrets, you know, that I think, gosh, that was really really bad i shouldn't have done that um and you know then there's of course some personal things that i'm not going to talk about on a podcast <laughs> but, but uh in terms of that yeah that that's fun for sure Oh, uh, okay okay um <laughs> in, in in life you know we we you know we do things we regret things and then like sometimes you know when you regret certain things or you make past mistakes it leads you in a direction that probably was meant to be so like when everything you know how they say everything happens for a reason so like you know when it happens it leads you to where i guess you're sort of meant to be at but in hindsight you always look back and be like damn if if if, you know if i didn't do that or if i didn't say that or if i didn't treat that person a certain way maybe this would have been this way but you know yeah 
you know, it, you know that that usually that usually is the case with uh, regrets, though. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But uh, besides that, you know, I mean, I've learned from everything that's happened, and and things have progressed in a way that, you know, I I don't regret anything. I I am so ha- I'm probably the happiest I've ever been, and it all came to fruition at 52. I re- I wish it would have happened earlier when I was uh younger and figured some things out but then i wouldn't have my amazing girlfriend that uh is the love of my life and i wouldn't have my kids my daughters the way they are and you know yeah. so i uh, things kind of work out for a reason yeah. what is, what is that special kool-aid you're drinking because you do not look 52 man <laughs> uh, well, uh, well actually i'm 55 55 so. <laughs> oh wow yeah, okay. 52 is when i went through my divorce and i went through a lot of like therapy and went through a really rough time and came out the other end like the best i've ever done wow but no i uh i've always looked young when i did people under the stairs i was 27 what playing a Oh my yeah, god! Playing a fifteen-year-old. Wow! So, oh my god! Yeah. Oh yeah, my god! Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, it's uh, very different. It's uh, I, I listen. I look like a child when I was in high school. I looked like I was ten. It was the worst four years. But now I get to look back and Facebook and all this stuff and go, "Yes, I'm yeah. winning." <laughs> yeah, you guys had four years where you looked like studs, but now you know. No, I'm, I'm winning now. Now I look younger. I mean, I look like ten years younger, but not crazy. My, you know, I'm going bald, but that's all right. Yeah, but yeah, well, I, I, I'm lucky. Well, I'd say you still got more hair on top of your head than I do, so you're great, man. Oh, there you go. All right, man. All right, fair uh, enough. Oh uh, man, so like, um, wow, fifty-five. Holy crap, dude! Like, I'm yeah. just, I'm just because like. The way you look now is like you don't age yeah. at all, man. It's like you're you're a Highlander. I don't know, man. You're yeah, just... <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it as long as I can. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I I doubt that you're getting grandfather roles or anything like that, man. No, <laughs> you know? no, I'm still getting forties, thank goodness. So <laughs> I'll take it. I will take it. Um, I'm going back into horror a little bit. You're saying you're in the new um Rob Zombie film that's been yet to release, Three Steps from Hell. Is it called right? Uh, three from hell. Three from hell. Three from hell. Um, yes. How big is your role, and how brutal? How brutal of a shoot that was? Uh, I cannot speak of any of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am so sorry. We like sign a thingy. Oh. Like we can't talk about it. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Uh, so not to shut you down, but I can't. Uh, I can. I can tell you, not a brutal shoot. Rob is a fantastic director he is uh he he just keeps such a chill vibe on the set so it wasn't at all oh. i can answer that part oh that's good that's good you know yeah and yeah he's excellent he's excellent so was he was he one of the best guys you worked with so far uh, he's just great i mean yeah he's he's definitely i mean i got to work with clint eastwood and tom hanks and um but yeah rob has always just been it's just very it's just super relaxed, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like what it was with Wes Craven. You know, these guys have the craziest imaginations, the darkest yeah. parts of their mind are just so chill. Yeah. And uh, you know, he and I both times that I worked with him, I worked with him ten years ago before this, and this time oh. on our breaks, we sit down and talk movies. Oh. <laughs> That's it. Oh. You know? I- 
Yeah. I was going to ask you, how do you keep in great shape? Because you look slim, trim. Like, are you you're, are you a vegan or you're you at a meat eater? Now I'm starting to get a little bit of a gut, so I'm trying to, you know, get that going a little bit. But I, uh, gosh, I used to be really a lot thinner, but it was stress, you know? And then after my divorce, I met my girlfriend. I got fat and happy. Yeah. 24 pounds. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I've always, my family always has run thin. But like I said, it's changing. And the worst thing in the world is a thin guy with a big bubble gut. So I'm working on that. Yeah. Um, how long but, uh, How long you were married before? How long were you married? I was married for 21 years. So. Holy Mary, mother of God. Wow. Yeah, it was a long time. And, uh, you know, we had uh, issues and, and things that you think, oh, well, this is just it. And then when you get out of that and you find something that's healthier and more in your lane, then you go, oh, it's, you know, I've heard this before, but they said it's easiest with the right person. And Mm -hmm. it just wasn't the right person. And, And we were a great family and we knew how to raise kids. So I think, you know, we were doing it for that kind of thing. But then as they got older and then we realized, okay, this is not working. So it was hard, but I'll tell you what, at the other end of it, it's great. I mean, when people are facing divorce or thinking divorce, just go, listen, you will have two crappy years easily, Mm -hmm. you know, of all that stuff. But at the other end, you, if you do the proper work and try to figure yourself out why you don't, don't want to repeat the same mistakes you made, then on the other end, you should be truly happy happier yeah. you know yeah. and your kids appreciate that too yeah. so you know there's a lot of people dealing with situations like that and they don't have like the luxury to go to therapy not that therapy is a luxury but if you can if yeah you, if you can go to it you can go to it do you think that like if you didn't have the therapy you wouldn't be where you're at now or you think- i i mean the guy i had a well it was lucky because we sold our house we made some money on our house yeah so i had like you know, a little bit of a nest egg to, to work on myself for several months. Okay. Um, for like three or four months, really solidly. But you can, there's definitely things you can do, I believe. And, you know, first of all, there are sliding scales for counseling all over this country. You can find it. You can find it. There's student therapists, you know. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is... I had a great book called Learned Optimism, which I talk about in my podcast, my first uh, run of my podcast, but I'm doing another episode about it. Learned Optimism, not save my life, because like, I used to ruminate and worry all the time. Mm-hmm. And this book, like, saved my life in terms of not ruminating on something and ruminating meaning thinking about something for more than a minute. And the whole premise is if you think about anything for more than a minute, you're ruminating on it. Now, and they encourage you, ruminate on something good. Oh, man, we had a great dinner last night. What a fun time that was. Ruminate on that for 10 minutes. Don't ruminate on the guy that just cut you off mm-hmm. in the car for 10 minutes. So it's really just about not being pessimistic. It's not really like rah, rah, Tony Robbins, walk on coal, you know, optimism. It's just not being negative. That's yeah. the definition of optimism, just removing negativity and pessimism from your viewpoint. And that's what he helped me learn. And 
he and and so by just but by doing that work i was able to get through you know mm-hmm. i had to, i was on medication for like eight months and uh but the changing of the way i thought is the best thing that happened to me and i needed it i was always too concerned and too stressed and always looking for assurances from other people and i finally you know by by seeing life like that and seeing as as a series of moments that just pass through then you don't get attached to anything for too long negative or you know it's really the old adage is the truth you know um accentuate the positive and minimize the negative and Mm -hmm. that sounds good but until you do the work and i'm talking work like you get a notebook and write down every time you have a negative thought and you have to refute it and like it's work but it's like going to a gym but if you do it for a little while then you don't need to do it anymore you're you're mentally in shape and know how to deal with things and so i think that's that's the main thing you you have to change the way you think mm-hmm. and i used to think it was impossible there's no way i could change the way i think I, people think of oh i'm having an anxiety attack there are things that can help cause it that you don't even know about you know but you're thinking in a way to cause it and that's what i guess was proven to me i'd say oh i had an anxiety attack and i say no you didn't mm-hmm. you did this you did this you did this you thought this then you did this and thought that and thought that and then ruminated on that mm-hmm. then you had a panic attack and i was like oh he's right (laughs) i actually just it didn't just come out of nowhere yeah you know i hadn't eaten properly i didn't get enough sleep i had do you know what i mean like all these things so it was just great to learn how to do that and it's extremely useful so i recommend that book highly it's seligman i think it's martin seligman uh learned optimism fantastic useful book so. Wow. Um, are you yeah, still are you still struggling now, or it's a day by day thing? No, no. no? I, I was my I was so blessed because I really I was stressed during a divorce for sure. But then it really hit really hit me hard when I moved into uh, an apartment, left the house. I'd raised my kids in for eighteen years. Then found out that we were in a huge amount of financial debt that I didn't know about. She was kind of running the money, and and uh, I knew it was bad, but had no idea it was that bad. And it all kind of hit me at once, and uh, I knew I was in trouble, so I had to get into counseling, and they helped me get on medication. And I, and now, I, like I said, I did that work for six months. And then after those six months, um, I was good. Uh, I, I, I felt better. And then like five months after that, I got off medication and I started teaching and I started, you know, I, I started doing a bunch of new things. And I truly believe in positive like vibes and energy. When you put that stuff out, better things happen. I know, you know, someone, uh, a friend of mine who is just completely negative and all these crappy things keep happening to him over and over again. And you think, man, is, can you, is that just, you know, there's bad luck or and there's good luck, but I believe luck is a confluence of opportunity and how you approach things. Like you said, how did I get on AfterBuzz? It's just the I wasn't lucky. It's just being me, open and positive, to walk up to those women 
and yeah. say, hey, you know, you you look like you're going to a, a Star Wars convention. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just being me and being friendly. Yeah. But that quote unquote luck would have never happened mm-hmm. if I never did that. And it ne- certainly wouldn't have happened if you said, hey, you're famous. And I went, screw you, dude. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it's it's so it's not like I'm lucky to get that show. It's that, you know, I have a way of viewing things and being positive and, and that helped. But trust me, like I said, I wish I would have learned that in my early 20s because mm-hmm. maybe my life would have been a little bit different. But I'm glad I learned it at all. Some people go through life and never learn how to control their mind yeah. or, or how to think more positively and really enjoy life, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 I'm, I'm lucky in that way that I was able to go through. And then you look at all the bad times and go, thank God I went through that bad time. It was one of the worst times my entire life. But I'm so glad I went through it because of what happened on the other end. Mm. So well, it's that- kind of the way you have to look at things. Yeah, wow, that's 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 awesome. And it's fascinating too, and it also opens you up to a whole new world because who knows yeah. if you would have been teaching now or anything like that, right? Yeah, yeah, but obviously you weren't lucky to have me on your show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if someone goes, "Oh, you're so lucky you got to talk, you got to have Roach on your show," well, no, that's not true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that isn't yeah. true. You, you, you reached out to me in a way that was positive and never stressful or you know what i mean so you go yeah. oh that sounds fine yeah. you know what i mean so yeah because uh, i know how it is i'm sure people like bug you and whatever and like you know i'm sure i'm not the only one and then there's a way to do no, things there's, in a way, right there's yeah. a way that that shows you're professional that shows your that that shows you respect the person's time like i try to say to people when they start reaching out to me i just go listen i am like you said so busy so my and i'm also a little add scatterbrain and so keep bugging me yeah. you know keep bugging respectfully keep bugging me not bugging me like hey man what the you know just say yeah. hey just touch and base you told me to circle back after a couple of weeks and i wanted to do that so here i am and blah 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 so um you know that that way is then you're positive and respectful and so you're not lucky it's yeah. the way you approached it if yeah. you were negative and, and pushy then you would have quote-unquote bad luck and yeah. say oh you know i can't get any guests on my show yeah do you know what i mean it's yeah. like no you know it's not you're not i have such bad luck i can't get any guests no you're doing it wrong you're mm-hmm. being negative you're putting out negative vibes and you know what i mean yeah so i'm slowly starting to believe in not necessarily the 100 percent law of attraction but like a positive vibe you yeah. know is you know when you're like i said my negative friend is just stuck yeah and and so you know car accidents and and you know just crappy things happening to them over and over and over again yeah it's all, yeah. you wonder and you wonder you go well if you're always negative and always complaining is it really you know maybe you're attracting these negative things yep. you know it's all in the tact i always say it's all in the tact you know like the, yeah, the way man. you approach things the way you approach things yeah you know, yeah and it. i think that's what luckily has i was taught you know to be a social polite person yeah. as a kid and i'm I, that's taken me a long, long way. Yeah. And being respectful to people because you never know, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I now know, and I taught my daughters, that people are the greatest asset 
you can ever have. Mm-hmm. There was a time my daughter was like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't need many friends. I just want a couple. I said, well, okay, but your life's going to be much harder. She was like, what does that mean? I said, the more people you know and the more you show people how respectful you are to them and you show up and do your job, the more opportunities you'll have, period. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So even if I, when I went on the Kevin Undergaro show, if I would have gone on his podcast and didn't handle myself professionally or wasn't prepared or, you know, didn't give up a good vibe, then he never would have offered me a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not just running into them, but the impression you make. Mm-hmm. The more people you do that with, the more opportunities you're going to have, yeah. period. So... You're absolutely well, we right. got into my, my <laughs> theories of life. Yeah, no, that's that's very good. That's very good. Um, also, um, I, I know we're cutting it down short, but um, yeah. just just a couple of more questions. Um, sure. What is what is your favorite model? What model do you go by? Do you have like a particular model that you live by? Uh, I mean, I think it's kind of uh, moment to moment. You know, I just really believe now in moment to moment. Moment you know? to moment, okay. Yeah, just moment to moment. Like when my girlfriend and I used to fight when we when she first moved in here, it was, you know, we never really fought that much anyway. But when we did, there was things like she'll say, "Oh, you know," I'll, I'll say, "Oh, well, I'm the worst boyfriend in the world," and she might say, "Oh, well, you know, now we're now you're never gonna look at me the same or anything like that." And we finally realized how useless that was because. It's really about the moment we were arguing about, which is, you know, I said this and you didn't respond to me nicely and I got upset. Mm. That's the moment. It has nothing to do with us. And then I would say to my daughters, well, get in an argument with me or something. I might say, oh, well, that's that's selfish. And they would say, oh, you called me selfish. And I say, no, I didn't call you selfish, actually. I said that thing you did was selfish. That moment was selfish. Um, And... We really have all taught each other in this house, my girlfriend, my two daughters, that we just don't hold on to grudges. Mm-hmm. You can have a blowout, and that's what it's about, that moment. Yeah. That moment that I did or said something that was inappropriate or uh, that you didn't like or you were offended by or whatever or hurt by, and we deal with that moment, and then like 10 minutes later, it's done. Mm-hmm. And we can be laughing 15 minutes later about something completely different mm-hmm. and that's the greatest gift that anybody can have is just moving through mm-hmm. moment to moment um and so that is my motto right now gotcha and um my final question for you is what would the sean of today tell the sean of yesterday uh to realize it's not going to go the way you expect it's not going to be easy as you expect but with, you know, hard work, faith, and trying to always figure out answers for yourself, you will get through. That's what I would say. Awesome, awesome. Sean, um, plug your social media, plug anything, any films or TV work you yes. have coming up, plug your podcast, yeah. plug away. Uh, you can, you know, you can Google my name and, and there's a lot of stuff on Netflix that you can find. Um, I'm also going to be coming out, like I said, Three from Hell, Rob Zombie's new movie. I'm going to be at Seth Rogen's new movie. Um, it's not the one that is out right now with Shirley Farron, but his next one, it's uh, the Untitled Pickle Project. You'll understand when you see it. <laughs> and um, 
I am on AfterBuzz TV every Thursday, 1 p.m. on YouTube live, Acting Class Weekly with Sean Whalen, and you can find those all on Spotify or iTunes or YouTube. Then I am teaching. You can find me on uh, Thumbtack, or you can reach out to my social media, Sean Whalen Peeps. My other pages are full, so I'm on the Sean Whalen Peeps. You can message me there to be uh, get in touch with me to if you want private coaching via Skype. I have a lot of Skype students. And I'm also, if you're in L.A., I'm teaching at Playhouse West, uh, Magnolia 2 Theater, and we do comedy, improv, and sketch writing there as well. So those are the places you can find me, Facebook, Sean Whalen, Peeps, and Instagram, at that guy SMW. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the journeyman, Sean Whalen. Sean Whalen, I appreciate the time and hopefully we can talk down the road again, man. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks.